from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Show of hands. How many of you listening remember the very early days of my podcasting venture? Very early. Pre-Doc Manson early. Maybe only Glenn remembers those dark, dark days in which I wanted to podcast, and so I thought what I would do is I would write a script and then read it, and it was terrible. I had some creative ideas. I remember like a PWI 500 rap that I enjoyed. More like a beat poem, I suppose. But anyways, oh, by the way, I'm DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Um, It was a weird venture. Well, here I am, many years later, older, hopefully wiser, and... I've kind of done the same thing. So this is getting to WrestleMania 5. If you listen to the first four episodes, I was kind of walking through doing some fantasy booking of my own. Not a tournament, not brackets, not leaving it up to random number generators and things of that nature. Uh, Actually booking. And... After four episodes, I was like, I can't just keep doing it like this. So I started to work on it privately and work on it and work on it and work on it. Many spreadsheets, lots of cross-checking, many times going to Wikipedia, lots of cross-outs, circles, squiggles. And now I think I'm finally ready to unveil uh, at least the first part. Um, My goal originally was this episode would be to present to you October of my fantasy booking. Problem is, I wrote 16 pages for October. Not single-spaced, you know, size 10 font, but still... 16 pages um, that covers everything that I would have happen in my uh, version of the WWE where I made the Grand High Poobah. You know how much I want to be the Grand High Poobah. Uh, So I have no earthly idea how long it will take me to get through 16 pages, especially since I'm doing an intro and vamping. Um, So this might be part one of October. We'll see how we're feeling. A couple things you need to know before we we start the ride. Before the ride begins, um, some safety announcements and things. Um, I worked harder on this than I have at most things, certainly more than any episode of DDT Wrestling besides fostering my relationship with Doc Manson. 
you do have to work at friendships. Um, I think in terms of brain power, this probably was more intensive than the Corona Cups. Um, it will last less time. But in terms of trying to figure everything out, I tried to do right by as many people as I could. I wasn't able to do right by everyone. I mentioned this on a previous uh, podcast. There are some people um, that either willingly or unwillingly fell through the cracks, intentionally or unintentionally fell through the cracks. Um, and there's only just so much time. I did not want to book every Raw and SmackDown, though I did more of that than I thought I would, just because there were so many matches. Um, but I just want you to know that I worked hard. Um, that means, you know, please don't rip me a new one if your favorites uh, aren't featured or if there's a storyline that you don't care for. Um, though I also invite feedback. Um, and, you know, I, I, open, I open this up knowing that, you know, down the line there will be changes made. It was the middle of the night. It was 2 in the morning last night. Um, and I was awake. And I realized there was a fairly major element to what I wanted to do um, that didn't get done. And I had forgotten about it. So I'm going to have to work that in. So it will be a work in progress. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to it. And I do think I will continue post-WrestleMania. I already have ideas for how I want 2022 to look. Um, I'm sure there are other disclaimers and things I should mention. I can't think of them off the top of my head, and I want to start. So without further ado, uh, I humbly present to you, gentle listener, um, some of the things I've been working on. Getting to WrestleMania, October, part one of Question Mark. Not the interview show. Just an actual question mark. I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, we begin with the draft. Uh, and I, I will give you the, uh, not the highlights, the entirety of the draft. I'm not using everybody. In fact, let me start not with the draft, but with the releases. I am Nick Khan, dang it. And the following talents will be released. Akira Tozawa. Cedric Alexander. Note, <laughs> this decision was made before Monday Night Raw this week, in which the Hurt Business reunited. Had I known that was going to happen, I may have done things differently. But oh well. Uh, Elias. Jackson Riker. Jeff Hardy. Go to AEW, Jeff. Uh, Mansoor. And all future trips to Saudi Arabia. I am the Grand High Poobah. Crown Jewel is done. Saudi Arabia trips are done. We're not doing that. Not on my watch. Uh, Veer, Vier, one of Jinder's people. Uh, Dana Brooke, Riddick Moss, Mace, Ricochet, Sasha Banks, and the 24-7 title have all been released. And we wish them well in their future endeavors. <clears throat> they could come back. Maybe they will come back. But as of right now, 
I see no need to keep those talents on my roster. And so they have been released. There are other talents that you will undoubtedly notice are not mentioned, either at all or are only mentioned sparingly. Again, some intentional, some unintentional. Uh, But those talents have been released, which brings us to the draft. Moving from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens and Naomi. Moving from Monday Night Try that again. I'm not going to re I'm not going to redo it. That was part of the problem with the first time as I kept going back and re-recording and made myself crazy. Moving from Raw to SmackDown. Drew McIntyre, The Bearcat Keith Lee, and Rhea Ripley. Moving from NXT to Raw is Santos Escobar. Moving from NXT to SmackDown are Dakota Kai and LA Knight. Moving from Raw to NXT, Asuka and John Morrison. Moving from SmackDown to NXT, Sami Zayn and the Alpha Academy. Moving from the NXT of the UK to the NXT of the USA is Walter. And in his place, moving from SmackDown to NXT UK is one Mr. Finn Balor. Those are the big draft moves. Those are the releases. Page one is done. We begin the month of October with monthly highlights from the WWE. This is not what transpired on the pay-per-view. This is just some of the things that transpired uh, during the month. T-Bar, remember him, Retribution, comes out. And takes off his mask. I know he has already kind of taken off his mask, I believe. um, But this is more of a metaphorical mask. And he reveals he is no longer going by T-Bar. He is known as Dijak. Not Dijakovic. Dijak. And he comes out to say that he's done playing dress-up. He's done... With that whole ridiculous gimmick. His name is Dijak. And he's here to wrestle. And coming out to greet him. And commend him for making that choice. Is Drew Gulak. Who also is out there to remind the world. That he is a top competitor. And he is here to wrestle. The two of them shake hands. And have a match. I am not going to book the match. This is not an E-Fed. That should have been one of the disclaimers. I will mention things that are worth mentioning in terms of what happens during a match, but I am not going to book the match. What I will tell you is that Dijak wins, and they shake hands after the match as well. So your winner, Dijak. Not Dijakovic, not Dominic. Just Dijak. WWE likes single names. Um, the feud between Eva Marie and Dewdrop continues. And Eva Marie keeps adding stipulation after stipulation after stipulation. Uh, hand tied behind back. Blindfolded. All of these things. And Dewdrop keeps winning. 
Finally, Dewdrop gets frustrated, and she offers a stipulation to a match. She challenges Eva Marie to a hair versus hair match. And rather than risking her beautiful pink locks, Eva runs out of the ring, runs backstage, gets into her limousine, and drives away from the WWE. For now. Sheamus, looking for competition, comes out to the ring to offer an open challenge, where it is answered by Ali. In fact, throw a little audible, Mustafa Ali. He gets two names. Um, And despite the size and experience advantage that Sheamus possesses, Ali uses some speed and some cunning and some moxie to get his win. It's not a schoolboy win. We're not going to see a whole lot of those in my wrestling federation. He breaks out the 054. I'm not sure if he even still does that move, but it's really good. And he defeats Sheamus. Uh, Dakota Kai making her SmackDown debut. Comes to the ring. Puts all the women of SmackDown on notice. She was a big threat in NXT. She's going to continue to be so on SmackDown. The person who comes out to bravely answer her call, Liv Morgan. A valiant effort by Liv Morgan. Dakota picks up the win. Later on in the month, maybe the week after, let's say, uh, we see Tegan Knox backstage with her partner Shotzi Blackheart. Dakota Kai comes up. Tegan has to be held back from her former best friend. And Dakota wants to just let her know there are no hard feelings. That was in the past. Let bygones be bygones. That was when they were in NXT. Now look at it. They made it. We made it, she says. It's a new day, new leaf. But you can tell Tegan probably not buying it. Uh, Another new face on another show, Kevin Owens, barely has time to put his bag down before he is confronted by Karrion Cross on Monday Night Raw. And Cross tells Owens that Raw is now his show and that KO doesn't stand a chance against the former NXT champion. But you can tell that Kevin Owens isn't listening. He's looking around. He's looking up. He's looking down. He's looking around. And he just says, sorry. I wasn't really paying attention to what... Where's your helmet? Where's your cool helmet? Don't you have a helmet? I believe he may reference Lord Humongous as well. Um, They have a match. Obviously, brutal, hard-hitting. Makes Karrion Cross look good. Kevin Owens, of course, looks good. But the stunner's a good finisher for a reason. One stunner. Kevin Owens wins. He then takes Karrion Cross's helmet... Boots it into the crowd, and we never see it again. Um, more new faces. That's kind of going to be the theme of this month, is new faces in new places. Uh, and Naomi doesn't want to make a statement with words. So instead, she makes her statement physically. And on her first night, without so much as a hi, how are you, she gets into a brawl with the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Now, later, she's asked to explain why would you attack Shayna Baszler right away, and Naomi says, 
in some form or fashion. I'll mention it many times probably. I don't script their promos. They can say what they want. I trust these people. Uh, she's watched Shayna intimidate and belittle and abuse people since Shayna's been part of the WWE, even in NXT. And it's high time that someone gives Shayna a taste of her own medicine, and that person's going to be Naomi. And so they have a match. And Shayna's got the MMA background. She's the grappler. She's a submission specialist. But Naomi is flexible and has a creative offense and a creative defense. So any hold that Shayna puts in, Naomi has an interesting way of escaping it. She goes for a leg lock, you know, maybe pushes herself up on her hands and rolls free. Goes for a choke, rolls backwards into a pinning combination. Shayna gets frustrated, as naturally you would, because these are things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do. She's using the rope, she's using the turnbuckles, things that in an MMA match might not happen. And Naomi takes advantage of the frustrations and gets a win. A big win for Naomi on Monday Night Raw. Uh, the New Day has a match with Jinder and Shanky. Not to be confused with Spanky, though Jinder and the Brian Kendrick would be a great duo. I'll have to keep that in mind for later. Uh, there's not much to say about this one. They fight. New Day wins. And after the match, Jinder dismisses Shanky. Don't need you. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and gog doggone it, people like me. Jinder's going off on his own. He's going to be his own man. And as we'll see, he might have a little bit of success. And those are the, the monthly highlights beyond the pay-per-view. So let's go to the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view for October, I proudly present WWE Evil. I know they copyrighted it. That's a really good name for a pay-per-view. So WWE Evil begins with Big E versus Baron Corbin. Now, in my world, I started booking this. You have to take Big E's title win over Lashley away. That didn't happen. So you got to go back a few weeks, and we start there. Big E and Baron Corbin have been feuding, and they open the show. And it's an extreme rules match, even though the pay-per-view is not called Extreme Rules. But they have an extreme rules match. They brawl in the ring. They brawl out of the ring. They brawl around the ring and other prepositional phrases as well. And they even take things to the backstage area. And this is where things get interesting. Because you know I mentioned uh, Dakota Kai. You know I mentioned Kevin Owens. You know I mentioned Naomi. I haven't brought up L.A. Knight yet. Because L.A. Knight's been having vignettes talking about, let me talk to you. And how he's going to be the biggest deal on SmackDown. And it's such a big deal that he's not going to show up in this city. And he's not going to show up in that city. And this crowd doesn't deserve to see him. So he doesn't show up. We're waiting for L.A. Knight to show up. And he shows up at Extreme Rules. Joining up with Baron Corbin. Attacking Big E taking him down, beating him up backstage. Now, the referee tries to throw out the match. You've seen these kind of things happen before. A match with no disqualification suddenly needs to be thrown out on account of a disqualification. Well, not on my watch. Sonya Deville, on-screen authority figure. She can keep her job. She talks to Big E. She talks to the ref. 
And she says, you know what? This is now a handicap Extreme Rules match. Big E versus Baron Corbin and Mr. L.A. Knight. And Big E's fine for that. Yes, he's beaten down, but he fights back. I will point out, the obvious thing here would be for the New Day to come at the joint pay-per-view. That doesn't happen. Patience for the New Day fans. We'll get there. If you listen to the early episodes, you know where we're headed with this. Um, but Big E, they get back into the ring. And Big E starts taking them both on. He's fighting Corbin. He's fighting L.A. Knight. But eventually, as it always seems to happen, the numbers game adds up. And L.A. Knight and Baron Corbin unveil what I think, humbly, is a quality tag team finisher. Big E is lifted up in the air for a Baron Corbin deep six. And at the same time, L.A. Knight hits his jumping reverse neck breaker that is quite good. And your winners, L.A. Knight and Baron Corbin. Our next match is the women's tag team title triple threat elimination match. Most of these matches will be under elimination rules. Most multi-person matches will be under elimination rules in my world. The champions, Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., which I don't care for, and we may have to go back to Nikki Cross at some point, uh, will be taking on Carmella and Zelina Vega and the team of Shotzi and Tegan. Not Knox. Knox is a stupid name. Tegan, or Tegan Knox, will be just fine. Uh, Rhea and Nikki, they're newly crowned. They assert their dominance, and Carmella and Zelina are fairly quickly dispatched and eliminated from the match. Uh, if you're here solely because you're a fan of Carmella or Zelina Vega, you're going to have a bad time with these episodes. I, I, I like Carmella fine. I like Zelina Vega fine. But they weren't anyone I was planning on featuring, and they're not going to do a whole lot. So maybe some of these people get released. Maybe they just get some time off. Maybe I make a touring show, and people like... Carmella and Zelina Vega and others uh, who you'll you'll maybe not even realize I didn't mention. Maybe they go do a bunch of house shows. They're working on stuff. Maybe they're working on new characters. Maybe they come back at some point. Uh, so we get a competitive tag team match between Shotzi and Tegan and Rhea and Nikki. And the match ends. You knew you couldn't trust her. Dakota Kai comes out. Tegan's you know, running high. Tegan and Shotzi are doing well. Tegan herself is being a shiny wizard, just the shiniest wizard. And Dakota seemingly can't handle that. So she comes out. She's distracting. And then when the referee's back is turned, she takes out Tegan. So now Shotzi's on her own. And again, numbers. Rhea and Nikki retain their titles. Our next match is for the United States Championship, Damian Priest, and the phenomenal AJ Styles. Now, earlier in the month, backstage, Priest runs into AJ Styles, and AJ reminds the uh, archer of infamy, whatever that means, that AJ is a former three-time United States champion. And Damien sort of chuckles at that and goes, well, that means, if my math is right, that you lost the U.S. title three times I've still got it 
And again, earlier in the month, we got a match between Damian Priest and Omos. And not only does that show us that Damian is a worthwhile champion, but it also shows us that Omos is way more talented than anyone who looks like, who is built like a muscular giant Gonzalez is meant to be. He's pretty good. Uh, Damian Priest overcomes the experience edge. He overcomes Omos. And he picks up the win. However, it comes at a small price because he is informed backstage and off camera that unless he starts bringing a long bow to the ring or he starts shooting vignettes at the archery range, he's going to need a new nickname. Sorry, Archer of Infamy. Though you still have the U.S. belt. Our next match, perhaps one of my favorites of the evening, is a mixed tag team match. You see, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, happens to have a husband who is, as we all know, the drip master, whatever that means. And they start cutting promos together in my promotion. And they start advertising themselves as they are the power couple of the 2020s. And if you think Seth's outfits are ridiculous, and if you think Becky's outfits have been ridiculous, wait until they start coordinating. Oh, baby, baby. Um, now, Becky is still feuding with Bianca Belair after the quick debut and win at SummerSlam. Uh, but Becky Lynch has avoided all physical contact with the EST. And sometimes she will even grab Seth Rollins and kind of move him in between. So there's been some physical bumping and maybe even a shove by Bianca to Seth Rollins. Now, if you don't know, Bianca Belair has a husband. One Mr. Montez Ford of the Street Profits. And he's going to make his presence known because now, technically, Seth Rollins has put his hands on his wife. Which leads us to this mixed tag matchup. Now, Becky works the contracts, works the lawyers, and she's already beaten Bianca at least once, possibly more than once. And so she comes up with a little contract magic. In this mixed tag, if Bianca and Montez don't win, Bianca Belair can never challenge for the SmackDown women's title again as long as Becky Lynch is still champion. So Bianca works a little magic into her own contract. That's fine. But this mixed tag match is now in a 15-foot-high steel cage. Has there ever been a mixed tag cage match? I don't think so. So this match is intense, as one would expect, and... It's really more of a tornado tag. Any adherence to the rules of a traditional mixed tag match are thrown out the window. Um, all four showcase why they are among the best in the world at what they do. And if you're like me, you watch this match and you go, that Montez Ford, he's going to be somebody someday. There's a battle of dueling frog splashes and, oh, it's good. Uh, now, at one point at the end of the match... Seth Rollins is on one turnbuckle. Montez Ford is lying prone. 
Bianca Belair is on the opposite turnbuckle. Becky Lynch is lying prone. And both Beth and Becky, not Beth, both Bianca and Seth, Seth, Beth, uh, are pointing at each other. Get down. No, you get down. No, you get down. And they both hit aerial moves. Seth Rollins hits a Phoenix splash. Bianca hits 450. All four are down. Seth is the first one to his feet. And he picks up Becky. He goes over and he picks up Becky Lynch. And he puts her up on his shoulders. And he begins climbing up the cage. With Becky still dazed on his shoulders. And by the time Bianca and Montez Ford come around. He's already got Becky over the top. And she's kind of barely crawling over the cage. And he basically kind of pushes her over the top. Where she hangs for a minute. And then just falls because she's out of it because she just got hit by a 450 splash. But she makes it first out of the ring and the match is over. Your winners, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Our next match. Mind you, we're on page six of 16 and I'm a half hour into the show. Uh, Our next match is for the Raw Tag Team Titles, RK Bro. Versus the Viking Raiders. Now, once I became the Grand High Poobah, I went back to basics with our Viking Raiders. Uh, for Eric and Ivar. I'm sorry. Nope. Forgive me. With Roe and Hanson. Yeah. We're going back to that. Squash matches. Local talent. Utter dominance. These Viking Raiders are like a machine of war. You see what I did there? And this continues into the pay-per-view. RK Bro never really stood a chance. In fact, as the match went on, Randy Orton is realizing, you watch it in his eyes, that he and Riddle are not going to win this. And he starts checking out, you know when Randy Orton cares and when he doesn't care. So he's first, he's on the, he lets go of the tag rope. And then he's on the apron and he kind of walks around and then he kind of like walks down on the steps and he's not sitting on the steps, but he's just standing there and he's just kind of shaking his head. And, you know, if he had his phone, he'd pull it out. He'd check messages. He'd play some Sudoku, whatever he does to pass the time. So the Vikings experience, (laughs) I did it again, Uh, a tag title victory. And after the match, Randy Orton hits Riddle with an RKO. And then a second RKO. And then, for good measure, punts him in his head. Your winners, the new tag team champions, the Viking Raiders. Have you ever seen a bear cat? Like an actual bear cat? Take some time right now, go to your Google gimmick, and look up a bear cat. Oh, wait. Aren't they freaking frightening? They're not necessarily intimidating looking, but the eyes and the head. Oh, yikes. So Bearcat Keithley has a similar October, late September into October as the Viking Raiders. Dominating preliminary matches. And at one point, his match ends and he's in the ring. And Rick Boog comes out, Rick Boogs, forgive me, comes out to play his guitar 
to introduce his charge, his guy, his bay, Shinsuke Nakamura. King Nakamura. Uh, Keith Lee won't leave. Rick Boogs plays, comes to the ring, like waiting for Keith Lee to leave. He's not leaving. He gets into the ring. Maybe he wants to jam to the music and he starts playing. Shoved to the ground. Guitar broken. So now we have a matchup for the IC title. King Nakamura versus Keith Lee. And he's the king of strong style. Don't get me wrong. But the Bearcat doesn't seem phased at all by any of the strikes, the kicks, the knees, the elbows, the moves of Shinsuke Nakamura. And pretty convincingly, Keith Lee is our new Intercontinental Champion. Our next match is for the Raw Women's title. Now, I haven't been watching weekly wrestling. In fact, since I started really working on this project, I haven't been watching any wrestling at all. I've been barely paying attention to it. Um, But we'll assume that this match was built very similarly to the one that just happened at Extreme Rules, which I will point out uh, did not exist in my universe. Um, You know, at this point, I'm on page seven, and I literally wrote, I didn't plan on writing this much for these matches, and quite frankly, I'm tired, because this was last night. Uh, And this match is what is called an Alexa's Playground match. Uh, And off to the side of the, the entrance ramp, there's an actual playground set. Slides, seesaw, the works. The two competitors start in the playground, but of course the match must end in the ring. Also, the lights go on and off at different times. There's a spotlight on the playground. Sometimes the house lights are up, as one would normally do. Sometimes it's just the spotlight on the playground, and sometimes it's completely dark, leading to a very cool moment where Charlotte has beaten Alexa Bliss down and has body slammed her in the sandbox, which is just rude when you think about it. And the lights go out. And when they come back, Charlotte's standing in the sandbox, and Alexa is now on top of the entrance ramp and dives out onto her opponent. Like I said, cool moment. In my universe, no dolls are harmed in the booking of this match, but the result remains the same. We must all bow down to the queen. Your winner and still champion, Charlotte Flair. Uh, You also may have realized I haven't talked about Drew McIntyre yet. He's on SmackDown now. I didn't know he would challenge Big E. That was very nice. Made me regret (laughs) the stories I told. Because Big E versus Drew McIntyre. That's some big meaty men slapping meat, isn't it, Jeremy? But anyways, first night on SmackDown. Drew McIntyre tries to gain entrance into the locker room of the head of the table. One Mr. Roman Reigns. But he is met at the door by Paul Heyman. Who tells Drew, you're new here. You've got to get in line with everybody else. And the door opens, and there are the Usos standing in a line behind Paul Heyman. So McIntyre takes him literally, and as the month progresses, he wrestles Jimmy Uso and wins. He wrestles Jey Uso and wins. And after that match, Jimmy comes out, Roman comes out, and we get a three-on-one beatdown. 
and McIntyre is saved by the Swiss Superman, Cesaro. And obviously, McIntyre wants a shot. Cesaro wants another shot. But they agree they're probably better together. And they're going to take on the Usos for the tag team titles. Uh, a momentary pause. Can we all assume, can we all not agree that Cesaro is probably the greatest tag team wrestler of his era, if not one of the greatest all time? He's probably not on par with Bobby Eaton. Let's not go crazy. But he's probably getting closer than you think. Um, this is a great tag match. The tag ropes are held. Palm to palm tags. All that stuff people like. Cutting off the, you know, cutting the ring in half. Working a body part. All just good stuff. Uh, and, you know, at this point, it's a little weird to consider that the Usos could use twin magic. Because they look so different at now. But it happens. And they win. Usos retain. Where are we now? Oh, we're down to our final two matches. And then I think we will end this episode here. And in our next episode, I'll do the remainder of October, which will involve NXT UK and NXT. Saudi Arabia is done. Crown Jewel is done. But Bobby Lashley still put a full Nelson on that Goldberg kid, didn't, didn't he? That Goldberg kid, didn't he? If I edited, these podcasts would be so much more professional. And Goldberg returns. And he is obviously just not a happy guy. He's throwing chairs. He's throwing lockers. He's headbutting anything in sight. Saliva is flying from his mouth. He wants a piece of Lashley. Now, Goldberg is in no condition to wrestle in this heightened, violent state. And I must tell you, I've been watching, um, every so often I get on a kick, I want, need to watch a scene from a movie. I've been watching the last seven minutes of the last of the Mohegans movie, which if you haven't seen, it's pretty good. That's last seven minutes especially. And I've watched it probably about 20 times, and when you watch it, you understand the fury of a father who has either lost a son or seen his son hurt. Sorry, sending a text. I have an aunt who is doing some cross-country traveling. I've been informed she's made it to her destination. Enjoy, Indiana. Um, so this fight is made. It's booked. But it is not a wrestling match. This is an unsanctioned fight. Anything goes, and I can't be sued. There's violence. There's weapons. At least one person bleeds. Possibly both bleed, if I'm being honest. And Bill does everything he can to beat Bobby. And he looks pretty good doing it. In my universe, Goldberg looks good. Does he look like, you know, 97, 98 Goldberg? No, but he looks more like 2002, 2003 Goldberg than any of the Goldbergs we've seen in the last 12 to 18 months. But in the end, Lashley wins. He's too young. He's too strong. He's too good. The sun is out. 
not literally. It's actually dark. The Goldberg's son comes out at one point, probably gets into a fight with MVP if I'm thinking about it. Goldberg apologizes to his son that he has failed, and his son picks him up, gives him a hug. Goldberg waves to the crowd and walks off into the sunset forever. Or until I get desperate with future booking and I need something good. And then I'll bring him back. Uh, now, Lashley. He's in the back. He's limping. He's suffering. He was just in a war. And as he goes with one way, Roman Reigns and his entourage goes the other. And the two champions exchange looks. MVP sort of steps in front of Lashley. Heyman steps in front of Roman. There's a brief verbal exchange between the two. And we're all reminded that Survivor Series, at least for now, this year, is going to be held under bragging rights rules. And so we just may see Roman and Lashley do battle. Uh, will the Survivor Series stay that way if I get to book Survivor Series 2022? <laughs> oh, no. No. We're going old school. I want 10 tag teams all around the ring. Our main event, Roman versus Brock, obviously. Uh, let's just get that done, all right? And I don't want to insult your intelligence by trying to tell you that there's anything that, like, I wasn't supposed to write this much, and I'm not going to try to tell you what a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match looks like. You know, you know how that works. Um, and it was around this point that I realized I'm eight pages in, I'm 2,300 words in, and I haven't talked about NXT or NXT UK. And in my head last night, I'm going, well, shouldn't I have done those two shows first? Like WWE is the, 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 the showcase show. You might like NXT UK more. You might like NXT proper more. But I should have done those first and built up to the bigger show. And then I was like, I could go to the top of the document. And I just went, you know what? We'll go slightly out of order. And... In my world, NXT is going to be a legitimate third brand. Like, I just moved Asuka and Morrison and Zayn to it. Clearly, we're not developing. We'll see some of those young talents in featured roles, but that's not what this is going to be. Um, either way, Roman Reigns wins. I don't need to say more than that. You knew what was coming. You know where I'm going. Roman Reigns wins, and Brock goes away for a while. Uh, in our next episode, or do I keep going? I think I, I stop here. I think I stop here. We're 43 minutes in. I'll clearly vamp for a little while more. Uh, in our next episode, we will cover NXT UK and we will cover, um, NXT. I'm halfway through the pages. I have eight more pages of matches to tell you about from those two shows. So I've still got a lot of good stuff. And I'm heading towards, I, again, I think, I think I did a good job. I think I did a good job. And then nobody's calling anyone's, no one's calling anyone's parentage into question. Um, no one's making rude comments about anyone's mother. You can build that in. Or I would love, I would love to see Jeremy and Glenn do this. Either on their own or as a, duo 
I would love to see them book how they would like to see wrestling go for the next six months. It's a really fun experiment. I must tell you, it was aggravating. It was frustrating. But it was a really fun experience to play God and be like, you know, some of the stuff that I'm doing. (laughs) I'm not bringing anyone back from the dead. I will say that. I thought about it. But I'm not bringing anyone back from the dead. But all I'll say is by the time we get to WrestleMania, there's going to be some pleasant, pleasant surprises. Uh, as, and this was fun. And I'm looking forward to telling you more about it. And I'm looking forward to continue doing it um, as long as the energy persists. So fun is all that matters. I hope you had a little bit of fun spending some 45 minutes or so with me. Uh, let me know what you think at the DC Matthews. I, you know, I don't demand praise like some people, Doc Manson, uh, but I do like to know you're listening. And I do like to know that I'm not just shouting into the void. Uh, so I will say to you what I say at the end of every episode. I actually remember the ending this time, unlike last time. I will see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking.